money. Yes. If you're like me, then you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. But, 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 only real fans, true hardcore fans of the show would know two things, two absolute truths about us, America's hottest podcasting couple, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, the one thing that people would know about you, Bunny, is that you're a celebrated concert violinist. And so you have been spending most of your evenings uh, outside of your window serenading your neighborhood, which is very sweet, like Italy. Yes. So what songs have you... What songs have you been playing to your neighbors in this time of crisis? Uh, well, first I got caught kind of unexpected, so I don't exactly have my violin here. Okay, yeah. but I have a bunch of rubber pan, rubber bands pulled over a frying pan. I mean, that's 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 as near as damn it. And I am as the British. Yeah. And I am using my cat as a bow. Um, and from there, the the selection. Um, you know, you really want to be careful in this kind of time. I mean, I, you know, the music needs to have a very soothing effect on people in these trying times. Um, so on, uh, so, so fuck the police is a, a selection. I, I kind of like you use a lot. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, anarchy in the USA, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, that's people love that one. Uh, kill my landlord. C I L L my landlord. Nice. You know, so I uh, have a coronavirus playlist that I'm really proud of. Yeah. That I worked really hard on. Uh it's 100 songs on a folder and it's really great. Let me tell you some of the songs that we listen to. Uh The Police Don't Stand So Close to Me. Yes. Beastie Boys, It's Time to Get Ill. Peggy Lee Fever, The Weekend, I Can't Feel My Face. Alkaline Trio, Having Trouble Breathing. Uh, Alanis Morissette, Hands Clean. Very proud of that one. Very proud of that one. Uh, The Descendants, Everything Sucks. Foreigners, Hot-Blooded. Really proud of my Alanis Morissette, uh, of my my COVID-19 playlist. As you should be. Billy Joel's Only the Good Die Young. Queens Keep Yourself Alive. I decided to leave in David Bowie's China Girl. Okay. I wasn't sure about that one, but I kept it in. Why? Uh, What was your... Waiting for the End of the World. Alice Cooper's out. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a really great playlist. I'm really, really proud of it. Good. And the second thing that you would know about me is that I am a lover of history. I love it. But I'm also a storyteller. So what I like to do is I like to get a story from the history books, possibly one the, that people might not know too well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling style. And that's what this is. 
another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations. Or Shap, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name Shap. It's direct. It's to the point. And like my grandmother always used to say, she used to say, Stevie, blah, blah, something in Spanish. I don't know what she was saying, but it sure wasn't Donde Esta La Biblioteca. Yes. Speaking of Donde Esta La Biblioteca, uh, I, I see all the people around me picking the things that they are going to binge. And then I get upset. And it's like, oh, you're binging this? Okay. And then I feel like the last kid picked in the playground because I don't have anything to binge. I'm Because, you know, I don't know what I'm supposed to pick. Everyone's watching the Joe Exotic documentary on Netflix, but I don't want to watch that. I have already, like, studied this and lived through it. And the last thing that I want is to have to see this damn documentary. But then I I started caring about Netflix. They just they just got the entirety of the NBC sitcom community. Oh yeah, yeah, and I'm very excited because it's like ah, oh, I have found my 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 disease binge. I'm so happy that I finally have something. To watch something of my own, you know. I I had to, I had to watch Tiger King. I just had no other choice because we had spoken about it so much, and uh, and like, but that's it. That's that's enough. I mean, they're talking about a possible sequel, and like, no, 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 nine episodes was exactly enough. Okay, we might have even wanted to lose an episode, eight episodes. That's, that's, we're good. We're good. We're good. We don't need to worry about Joe Exotic ever the fuck again now. Yeah. You know? Uh, I, 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 I am stunned that someone offered me $150 for my Joe Exotic shirt. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'll never sell it, but it's nice to know that I have like a fallback. If yeah. I need it, you know? Yeah. I I have a friend who had posted uh that Joe Exotic condoms are going for something like six hundred yep. on eBay. And it yep. had said never opened. And I'm like, yeah, you know, if you're the person who's carrying around a Joe Exotic condom, you're not the person getting laid. Yeah. So of course yeah. it's unopened. Yeah, of course it's unopened. This is anywho. Today on the good old Shappity Shap Shap, we will be discussing the life and the strange death of a star of one of the Rocky movies. Funny, they have made eight goddamn Rocky movies. Isn't that astounding? That is, especially when so many of them weren't good. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them, a lot of them were shit. And the first one, the first Rocky, Sylvester Stallone's Hollywood story mirrored 
Rocky Balboa's rise to fame because Sylvester Stallone was just some down-on-his-luck palooka. Yes. Really like being able to use the term palooka. Yes. He was a down-on-his-luck palooka who wrote a script, and then overnight he's winning Oscars for Best Picture, Best, etc. But the Rocky movie series very quickly made a decision to ditch award season and instead focus on just making fucking money. Mm-hmm. So Rocky 1 was an Oscar winner. Rocky 3 had Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. And in Rocky 4, Rocky defeated all of Russia. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but Rocky 5 is damn near unwatchable. I haven't story. seen that one in a really long time. Yeah. Uh, Rocky's dealing with brain damage from the fight with the Russian and just being a boxer all of his life. And also he loses all of his money and has to move back to the cheap-ass Philly ghetto that he came from. And so it's a bit of, it's a sad, it's a sad story. But one thing that Rocky V did have was something that they would do much better in the Creed series with Michael B. Jordan. In the 1990 movie Rocky V, which currently has a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes, Okay. Uh, Rocky opens up Mickey's old gym and he's training people and he's running the gym and he meets an old, a young boxer with a bit of promise. Also a down on his luck palooka like Rocky used to be named Tommy Morrison. Yeah. Uh, played. No, no. The Okay. So. The character's name is Tommy Gunn. Get it? Yeah. But the actor's name is Tommy Morrison, a dumb white guy who it surprised no one had no prior acting experience, but was (laughs) a professional boxer. And apparently Stallone thought that actual boxing experience was more important than being able to act your way out of a paper bag. But And with so many other things, Stallone is wrong. Yes, yes, very much so. But uh, Tommy the Machine Gun, Rocky's protege, who eventually turns on him, leading to a street fight uh, between the two that serves as the film's climax. Tommy was played by real-life boxing sensation Tommy Morrison. I saw him box once. Yeah? Not in person, but live. Um... Some people said Tommy Morrison could have been the next Mike Tyson back in the late 80s and early 90s, which just so happened to be when my dad, for some reason, was super into boxing. Yeah. He got a number of Tyson's pay-per-view matches at home. And a a waste of money. Yeah. Yeah. Tyson. Because my dad would be, oh, but this guy, this this next guy, this guy is the one who could finally, you know, defeat Tyson. They're saying he's really good. Yeah, we'll we'll pay the the seventy dollars. We're gonna watch this because because believe me, Stevie, this guy is finally gonna be. And that was a thirty second match. Okay then. Yeah, Tyson is pretty much what got me out of boxing. Yeah, because that was a goddamn. That was that was goddamn ridiculous. Because I I used and to if- I used to like boxing. I particularly liked welterweight uh, or middleweight, whatever the fuck they're called. Uh, Sugar yeah. Ray Leonard. 
Duke yes. just had a lot of personality. Yes. You know, he he was the kind of person that I considered a hero, you know, in in the same vein as Muhammad Ali. Yeah. You no, know, he was fucking great. Where at the time we really didn't so have anything then, like that in the heavyweight class. Go ahead. Yeah. And then occasionally back in the day, there'd be like a really big boxing match on HBO. And if there was an HBO match and my dad couldn't miss it, he would find a cheap hotel room in town and we would spend the day at the hotel. We would go to the pool and we would be spending the day at the pool, maybe go to the zoo, spend and at night get KFC in the room and my dad would watch the fight because buying a $35 hotel room for one night was cheaper than my dad getting HBO. So that was weird. I've got to say, no, I've got to say there is a little bit of genius in that. It is. It, It is. It is. It was nice to like just be at home and then occasionally we're going to go to a hotel. They have yeah. a huge pool. Let's go. You know, it was neat. So my dad was excited in April of 1991 for one matchup. Evander Holyfield, young boxing champion in his prime versus 42-year-old George Foreman, who had oh. not yet made a grill that would make him millions. Yeah. My dad was in his 40s and worked out constantly because he feared aging. So he had a vested interest in watching George Foreman try and make a comeback in his early 40s. Yeah. But I was excited for an undercard match that same night because Tommy Morrison, who played Tommy Gunn in Rocky V, boxed a six foot four Russian boxer named Yuri Volin, who looked a lot like the Russian from Rocky IV. Yeah. So in my mind, it was Rocky four versus Rocky five. And I just dug the ridiculous symmetry of the thing. Yeah. I can see Tommy Morrison won. Yeah, I did. Tommy Morrison won that match, by the way. Eventually, Tommy Morrison won a few titles, including winning the World Boxing Organization Championship in a match against, once again, Grill Master George Foreman in 1993. And it looked as if Tommy Morrison was going to have a big career. And then tragedy happened, or maybe scandal happened, or maybe a conspiracy happened. It's tough to tell. But before we get into that, the dark part, let me pause the story to share an odd little bit of trivia about Rocky Five. Okay. So Rocky Five. So Rocky Five. in most Rocky matches, the climax of the film is this big boxing match between Rocky and some other person. But the final battle of Rocky V isn't a big boxing match. It's a gritty street fight in a dirty (coughs) Philadelphia alleyway between Rocky and his former protege. So to make it authentic, they got a professional wrestler to choreograph the street fight at the end of Rocky V. And I'm not going to have you guess it because it's a jaw dropper. They hired Terry Funk. Okay. That is really weird that Sylvester Stallone and Tommy Morrison worked for weeks with Terry Funk. (laughs) Strangest thing. 
the Terry Funk connection to Sylvester Stallone. So back to the story. Tommy yes. Morrison is doing well. He's a very successful boxer. He starred in a movie. He had some titles. He's really making a name for himself. They call him the Great White Hope. Oh, is what they, they have him. to. Yeah, because like, oh, he's 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 going all the way to the top. He's going to be the champion. And, you know, in a few years, maybe he'll even be able to take Mike Tyson down a few pegs. He's he's our great white hope. And by 1996, he was going to be one of the greats. Then out of nowhere, the Nevada State Athletic Commission banned him from boxing because they said that Tommy Morrison had tested positive for HIV. Okay. Now, initially, Tommy Morrison accepted the prognosis uh, in a teary-eyed press conference right after the diagnosis, and it was all over the TV, and he even took the medicine retrovir for a while to combat the HIV, but eventually Tommy Morrison fought back. He claimed that the Nevada Gaming Commission was wrong, that it was a conspiracy to take him down and ruin his life and career, and that he did not, in fact, have HIV. Okay. This is where it gets weird. Uh, nowadays, most people, the general consensus is that, um, oh, Tommy Morrison, uh, he caught HIV in his prime and spent the last years of his life in denial. But what if he was right? Yeah. What if the Nevada Gaming Commission, who I'm assuming is not the cleanest organization in the world? Uh, that would be my guess as well. Yes. I. What if the Nevada Gaming Commission, either on purpose or due to their own gross negligence, buried his career with a fake diagnosis? Fact. Tony Morrison, Tommy Morrison tested negative four times in 2007. Really? He was even tested for, he was, yeah, he was even tested for HIV by the New York Times in 2007. And those results also came out negative. So the New York Times came out and concluded that the 1996 results were a false positive. Uh-huh. And they said to the, they said, uh, to the Nevada Gaming Commission, it's like, so you say that that he tested positive for HIV? And they said, yes. And then they said, well, we've tested him uh, three times for this article, and all three times came out negative. And they're like, well, there must be something wrong with your test. And the New York Times is like, bitch, we're the New York Times. Yeah. The test came back negative. Can you, so they got scientists and, and, and medical people and they got those scientists and medical people to say that as of right now in uh, 2007, no one can have a positive test for HIV and then test negative. The only way that that can happen is if the first positive test was a false positive. Yeah. Um, and yet, despite the ruling from the New York Times, people still frame Tommy Morrison's life as such a brave man, battling HIV, in denial, fighting back against this crippling disease. So sad. 
What a when hero. it is quite oh, possible that Tommy Morrison never had fucking HIV. Yeah. He actually left Nevada and left boxing <laughs> in Vegas and went boxing in other states. And some states turned him away because, like, dude, all that shit with Nevada, you're not going to box here. But he did end up trying to have a comeback and, and boxing again and being fairly successful, although it was believed that he wasn't the same boxer that he was before. You know, he was slower. He wasn't as strong. He was long wind. He, he got a, a, you know, short winded easier yeah. than he could before, but he did try and make a comeback. It, but regardless of whether or not he had HIV, whether he had it, whether he was in denial or whether the Nevada gaming commission screwed him over, the press surrounding all of this ruined his career. He ended up getting arrested a number of times, DUI, fights in public, drugs and weapons in his possession. His career was essentially over. He died in 2013 of cardiac arrest. His mom at the time, right before his death, his mom went to ESPN and said, yes, my son is dying of, quote, full-blown AIDS. Oh. But Tommy's wife, Trisha, said and still believes that he never had HIV, that he died, yes, but he didn't die of AIDS. Still, regardless of what destroyed his career, Tommy Morrison, 52 professional fights, 48 wins, 42 of them by knockout, and only three losses, plus one really shitty Rocky movie. Yes. That he did with Terry Funk. <laughs> weird and i know i've said this before in this segment but i'm kind of surprised that most people don't know this that like the guy from rocky five you know could have been the next mike tyson and then the nevada gaming commission quite possibly sabotage conspired to take him down like like that's some interesting shit yeah you know that is this is a fascinating story. And depending on who you talk to, the story is different. The story is Tommy Morrison, a boxer who couldn't win one match, a match with HIV. Or, guys, I'm going to tell you this crazy conspiracy. But this is an amazing story. A story that sadly we'll probably never get to the bottom of. But yeah, Rocky Five. The story behind Rocky Five is more it, it is more entertaining than actually sitting down and watching What's fucking Rocky, Rocky Five. Five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that is, yeah. So that is Steve's historical approximations this week. Next week, we are going to be talking about a military, uh, a United States military exercise after nine eleven that went ridiculously wrong okay knee slappingly wrong it's uh wonderful how horrible this military exercise went uh so next week is going to be a good one so join us next time for more educationally uneducational history with steve's historic approximations <laughs>